1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start
0: hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve
1: today. From the glow of St. Paul's number one, welcome to another edition of Cabin Country. Give us the time and we'll take you out of the traffic and away from the levee. Let's find the place where the loons call out among the moonlit waves, where the wind sighs among the Norway pines. Pull up a dock chair, have a sip of your coffee and get a line in the water. This is Cabin Country. Now here's Bjorn Lloydstead and I'm Fudd Klugman with another Woodland Escape. Well, welcome back once again to the Cabin Country Podcast. Cabin Country. Here we are. Got Bjorn over there. Indeed. I'm, I'm Fudd. Evening, Fudd. Last time we had so much fun with our 1976... A bicentennial year. ...top ten pop hits that uh, we have more to share, more fun to have. Indeed. With. Perhaps a little more angling-centric. Yeah. We're a
0: little less about the top ten hits that we heard in the car headed up wishing they'd stop and more about what you'd actually yeah be looking at it. a bit more of a of a gear focus here because cabin country yes the trip was essential there was right. no cabin country without being in that car for a while and and whatever was eaten on the stop or what was packed to bring you know, brought along um for me there was a lot of hey we're stopping somewhere that means candy right mm-hmm. um Did you mow the lawn? Yeah, I mowed the lawn twice. I mean, come on, help me out here. You know, well, you've got money then, all that kind of stuff. But, but, but upon getting there, you know, the thrill for me in the winter months was always looking at the various boat catalogs that might show up or, or the fishing catalogs that might show up and, and kind of going through stuff and, and talking to dad about it. And wouldn't that be great? Sure would. Never hurts to dream, you know, all this kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> oh, I figured, on. hey, I'm an adult now. And and 76 was such a fun topic and such a wild year uh, for the both of us and probably for so many young people out there across the country with cabin jaunts and fishing trips and all that great stuff that I took it upon myself, FUD, to look up some online 1976 boat catalogs. Cool, man. I just wanted to see what was out there, what was top of the line, what was going on. And interestingly enough... You know, Minnesota, there's a lot of great companies. we got Larson, we got Lund. We got, I, I'm not sure that Glastron is a Minnesota company, but a lot of different companies now and then. Um, but I came across one in particular I'd never heard of before. And this, this, this was a, a company that called itself Low, L-O-W-E, Low Line Boats. And this was their 1976 catalog, uh-huh. and FUD. And the things they were offering, predominantly they were not into the speedboat. Side of things at all. This was something my dad really would have sunk his teeth into. Uh, it was aluminum and fiberglass fishing boats, uh-huh. almost uh, uniquely fishing boats. And, and specifically, they had an extremely large lineup of uh, John boats. The good old John. The John boats. boat, yes. Duck the hunting sh- and, th- and fishing, bass fishing. S- several uses, yes. Absolutely. Uh, and they also had a number of, of the traditional sort of what we might call a rowboat or a fishing boat without, without a cockpit, you know, no steering wheel, mm-hmm. anything along those lines. But amongst other things, some of the things they were offering, uh, the low line of 1976 was ready to sell you a, a low Supreme, which would have been 14 or 16 feet long in aluminum. Uh, there was the Jumbo and also the Angler. These were both 16-foot aluminum boats. There was the sport and the scout, which both came in at 14 feet, and then of course the little low, and the little low was a 12-foot aluminum. Uh uh-huh. And When I when I saw that, all I could think was, that's pretty much what we had. It was a 12-foot oh, yeah. aluminum boat with about an 8-horse motor on it, and uh, I think past podcast we talked about getting passed by like a Sea Ray at full tilt right. in, a, in a 12-foot aluminum. Yeah. <laughs> And your mom hanging off. Oh for dear life. boy, yeah. And all I could think was, well, okay, I get it. They're small, they're portable, they're light. That's all good. Um, but the John boats really struck me as interesting because that just a different, different vessel altogether. You know, you talked about your dad building one, right? Wood, right. fiberglass, etc. And
1: then you bought one at one point. Yes, I did. A heavy plastic thing. Heavy plastic John boat. It was fine and sturdy. It was a pelican. was the name of it. Sure, but I didn't use it much. Unfortunately, never had a trailer for it. Right, but um, and
0: as we understand it, that's not really the purpose of a John boat. You shouldn't need. A tr- I mean, you're
1: putting it on the roof of your truck or car and. and no, it's the it kind down. that you have living up at your cabin. You turn it sure. upside down. Absolutely. But I, you know, being living in the Twin Cities and then, and of course, it was mine. You know, and I. Right. Just like I was feeling with the tracker, like it, mine, we're gonna haul it up each time, and it just took a year of the headaches of getting it in and out. That I thought, no, let's just leave it up. To well, I'm just to refresh our memory here, Fudd.
0: What what did your pelican weigh in at? What was its oh, my weight? Gosh. Probably. Uh,
1: I don't know. It was probably f- three, four hundred pounds, maybe. Wow. I mean, okay. which sure, huh? that's a lot of plastic. Well, that is a yeah, and it was twelve feet. Right. And I couldn't fit it in my van that I had at the time. And I could barely slide it on top with the help of an employee of the place I got it, and uh, yeah, I just remember pulling it by myself off of my van, and it just kind of crashing and scratching, oh, bouncing and- off the sidewalk. Of course, it was resilient being plastic, as I mentioned. But yeah, it, it was. I immediately kind of had a little bit of remorse. The thing was cheap. It was like three or four hundred dollars. Sure. And I had money from my recently, then recently deceased. Grandfather, my dad's dad, right? And uh, well, I thought, well, in his honor, I'm gonna go and get myself a a boat, and I and I was thinking too of like something I could portage with by myself. Absolutely, a heavy plastic twelve foot john boat was not the thing to get. Better to get a, you know, a kayak or or there, there are many other lighter things out there. True. Do you remember
0: what it was rated for for a outboard if you were gonna? Oh. What, what might it have the largest horsepower you could have strapped on the back of the Pelican?
1: Boy, that's a good... I, I barely remember that. I never had... Actually, I did acquire, I think I did mention in an early podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, like a three and a half horsepower or a three horsepower Johnson from my sure. wife's uncle. And the thing, that worked. That was a tiny little thing. Um, otherwise, I used a, an electric trolling motor. Right. And that was good for that. But I, okay. I don't... I mean... Even a twenty-five horse would have been too much. Fun. Oh, I, you'd have been nose up. So the whole I think time. it's for like a nine horse or less. Sure, sure. Well, this
0: is interesting. I, I, I noticed here. I mean, I'll go I'll go smallest to biggest here. In the low John boat, livery, but uh, livery. Am I saying these right? Livery and uh the little John. Little John. Not bad. Ten feet long and eighty-two pounds foot. You could oh my be, gosh! You'd be throwing that thing around like a tennis ball, and it could carry a three horse motor. Okay. You could strap a three-horse motor on the back, cinch it on, and it it would hold 275 pounds worth before your gunnels started getting treacherously close to the water. So (laughs) I think you and I could both be in that thing with a modicum of gear. Right. Maybe the motor... We might sink it, yet. Anyway, the Little Johns, 82 pounds. You could get that thing up over your head. Is this still by Lowline? These are all the low catalog. Yes, it's, it's, it's kind of short here. I didn't get too carried away. They had a 10, 12, or 14-foot version of something called the River John. River John. The River John. I did not check to see a horsepower limitation on the River John. The River John Deluxe, which I'm guessing was 14 feet long. And then there was the infamous Paddle John. Oh, Paddle John. And these came in the sort of unique 15 and 17-foot wow. versions. And the Paddle John would handle a 5 or even a 10-horse wow. motor
1: on the back. I wonder, so, wow, 17 feet yeah. long. It must be yeah. kind of narrow, though. Does it give a width on one, it, any it of those? It did, and, of course, I, oh, I well. didn't take that down. Uh-huh. And, you know, I mean,
0: it's John boats, so they're, they're yeah. you know, about half as wide as they are long. I mean, it's kind of a platform. Yeah. You know, it's a duck hunting or a, a fishing platform in the real shallow draft. Um, but they also came out with this thing that sounds to me like an old western song, "The Big John." Big John. Big Bad John. That's right. That's
1: right. Who's the the, the, the singer that came out with it? It might song? have been might have been Jimmy Dean. Jimmy
0: Dean. Yeah, It's possible. I don't know. Here's here's where Don can. I was mixed elicit up with emails the from our listeners who <laughs> who remember their Big Bad John, but um, at Cabin Country Pod. That's right. At gmail.com. At Gmail.com. And I was going to ask Fud just as a guy who does a lot of emailing various institutions for yes. my job. Are there any capital letters in that? Is it all
1: lowercase? Are there any spaces? Is no just- i I think it's just no only the uh you know, only the password, but of course we don't need to give that out. Oh baby oh, oh no oh no uh, oh okay. anyway, back to the big John
0: twenty feet long. Fud. Oh 20 my foot God. long big John John boat. it weighed. Two hundred ninety-nine pounds, or I should wow. say, weighs. I'm guessing there are people who have them now, who are out there now, saying, "Yeah, I, I put a Big John in the lake on a regular basis. You could carry one thousand one hundred seventy-five pounds in that thing. Wow! And you could you could strap to the back of the Big John a forty-horse motor, forty-horse motor, man. That's, that's that's pretty
1: big for 19. Uh, we're still talking 76. right? That's
0: correct, 1976. The Big John, lowline John boat. Twenty feet long, almost three hundred pounds, and you can get better part of a
1: badminton team into that. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. Take them all I, all out. Get I'm out starting to think that I overestimated the weight them. of my John boat. Well, of the, the plastic one. Maybe it was plastic only Might not have been two hundred pounds. Yeah, uh, you never
0: know. It it, it only felt like four hundred. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one last piece here too from the Low Line Boat Company, um, and it was five pages worth of you know drawings and illustrations of these John boats in various bayous, backwaters, swamps, open water. Um, they also did some canoes, and uh, they did a regular, you know, uh, kind of teardrop-shaped canoe, and then, uh, or canoe, I, there's, I'm sure there's a term for it, canoe-shaped,
1: canoe-shaped. teardrop.
0: What the heck am I talking oh. But then they also did a square stern canoe. Oh, okay. And uh, it could be paddled. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, these square stern, low line canoes would would handle a five to a seven point five horsepower motor. So you could you could slap a, a small fishing motor on the back of it.
1: But you know what it reminds me of is the Coleman canoe. absolutely, yes. absolutely, flat back, flat, flat stern, so you Ready can put you on go. a little, little motor in the back. Without a doubt,
0: without a doubt, a lot there. Well, that brought me then to well, let's let's stay local for crying out loud, cabin country. This is Minnesota, after all, and and let's uh, let's. I, I don't get the feeling Lowe was a, a, a maybe a Missouri company, Arkansas, okay. something along those lines, where John boats are much more commonplace. But I I then also found the Lund boat catalog. Oh uh, yes, for 1976. My gosh, and they had a plethora of boats for offer. Um, six to eight different types of canoes um, including a canoe that was uh, like 14 feet long that's, that's good sized the big fisherman could handle 20 horses 20 horse motor on a canoe that's that is some wild stuff actually the, yeah. yep yep canoe the big fisherman canoe 20 horse motor could carry about almost 800 pounds in that canoe so that's big um, c15 of course was, was going to be a 15 foot canoe but uh, I'm not I, not to, sh- you know, sell them short. I'm just not a canoe guy. I'm just not, mm. you know. I, I, I want a boat, and I want seats. <laughs> I want a motor, I'm sorry, but I'm a yes. lazy, lazy
1: man. And so... Well, you have shared uh, about a number of, of canoeing adventures uh, with your wife on the St. Croix, Oh, believe, boy. That were... Just, yes, God, God bless it. It was, uh, you know, I
0: any canoeer will tell you when the wind is up it's not a great day to go <laughs> canoeing we were of course novices and just this sounded like fun and we're gonna put in at taylor's falls and get out of the stream at osceola and then take the little trailer van back and get our stuff and get in the car and it'll have been a great day's paddle on the saint croix river and Maybe I got that backwards. Maybe we started in Osceola and we're going to go to Taylor's. I don't remember, but it didn't matter. We weren't going anywhere. I mean, the, the white caps. Wow. And on a river. Going against the current. So oh, yeah. it, we paddled till we were bleeding from blisters on our hands in 90 degree sunlight oh, and a, just man. a non stop headwind. And the, the white caps were going against the current. And then we turned around finally after an hour of. <laughs> flailing away at this and said, well, let's just go back and now we're fighting the current. Oh, wow. unbelievable. And we never did to this day. Uh, even with all our trips up to Dunord, which is very much a canoer's paradise, you know, right on the edge of the boundary waters. Beautiful fleet of canoes. I, I just spent the weekend, Fudd, uh, refinishing canoe paddles, you know, getting wow. the, the throats and the handles ready and free of dings. And In the heat. And in the heat and the black, black flies, flies had just hatched. The wrong time. To be in the Boundary Waters is right at Hatch. Oh, boy. And anyone will tell you that. And then it was nice and still. There was Uh no breeze. And they were just... Apparently, one of the locals up there said, yeah, they're attracted to the CO2 coming out of your breath, coming out of your mouth.
1: I thought mosquitoes were as well. Yeah, yeah. They
0: smell that and they're like, hey, here's where we want to be. So, yeah, there were clouds of them around my buddy and our heads just sanding away and, you know, 75 degrees and humid and we're just totally decked out and in uh, bandanas soaked in deep woods off and long jackets and hats and looked like uh you know a sub-zero roofing crew or something but it was it was something else but uh glad we got it done because they're all in good shape they look good this they, they smell good there's something nice about that fresh varnish you know yeah and it's a nice oil-based mat i said it, it mm-hmm. looked good i we're happy with what we did but uh but someone else can enjoy them, because I don't yeah. paddle canoes. And, and tip of the cap to those who do, but my wife is a wonderful person, and we get along famously together, but we just don't canoe well together. And we can't seem to figure out, hey, when you're on that side, I'll be on this side. and We're going to switch sides, I'll go on to the other side. and I'm in the bow. You're in the bar, I'm in the stern, vice versa. Somebody's got to kind of be steering. Well, we've, I feel like
1: we've covered this. Well, I, I don't know. It, it, it does sound like it's one of those uh, marital tests or it, couplehood it, it was, tests.
0: Early on, it was, a, it was a mighty test. And then later on, it was kind of a reaffirmation. That, boy, we just don't do this well. Even with no wind and uh, very little wave action, we're still struggling at getting this down. And, and so we agreed... To become kayakers. Uh, and uh, of single, which of which? Like, yeah, singles. Own, I mean, right. we've, we've taken doubles occasionally and we run into the same oh, right. situation. It's a I love less, you, honey, but yeah.
1: uh, for God's sake, let's not canoe together. Just That's... hold
0: on to your paddle. I'll provide <laughs> the locomotion here. This is not. So, yeah, the, the discovery was she's a good kayaker. I'm a good kayaker. We kayak side yeah, by side. of in tandem. And tandem it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely all problems solved. But anyway, yes, indeed. Well, Don's giving us the glad eye over there. Maybe it's time to stop and fade out for a moment. Hear from some of our sponsors. We'll be right back. I sure do love keeping up with the Cabin Country episodes on the Gas Station Podcast Network. And it's available at most of my favorite fuel stops, FUD.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful thing to enjoy a brief woodland escape while tending your vehicle's necessities. But let me ask you, Bjorn, you ever find yourself spending so much time on the highways and byways that you haven't taken care of your own necessities? What are you driving at, Fudd? Well, I don't think I'm overstepping my bounds when I say that hours on the road flying through the fields and forests Sometimes leave all of us feeling just a bit irregular. Ah, yes. And the good news is that FiberStop fuel stations are still there for all of us. FiberStop. Yes, FiberStop. The fuel station that offers the many grades of fuel your vehicle might need, including all the various octane ratings, flex fuel, diesel, and even Rec 90 gasoline for your recreational vehicles and boats. But the real kicker here, Bjorn, is that FiberStop also offers a full range of high fiber snacks, as well as gastrointestinal medications for the traveler that is feeling that road weary, Logie feeling. Stomach upset, indigestion, constipation, or the opposite? No problem, Fiber Stop has you covered. And I understand that Fiber Stop has an amazing selection of high fiber muffins, scones, and bars in their bakery case? Baked fresh every morning, Bjorn, and they feature the Gas Station Podcast Network at the pumps as well, alongside the full range of fresh and ready mitts coffee flavors at their coffee bar. Sounds too good to be true, Fudd. Oh, but it's true, Bjorn, Fiber, fiber Stop, Stop. Keeps you going. Now back to Bjorn Lloydstead and Fudd Klugman on Cabin Country. Looking at some of the some of the offerings,
0: and I know we had a very uh, short Lund aluminum. I, I swear we had it was either a Lund or a Larson, which maybe why well, mm-hmm. I get confused. I know it was twelve feet long wow okay, and, and it may have been a Starcraft for all I know. I'm not sure, but it was. Knowing my dad, it might have been a Sears Ted Williams brand. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know? Sears presents the 12 foot aluminum boat, um, but but uh, they've got several here. 14 uh, foot S14, and there's the Big Fisherman, like that. The S16, the Big Lake, also a 16 footer. There was the uh, 18-foot big resorter. Ooh. Not bad. Not bad. And that could handle 1,325 pounds. Wow. You could get the whole fam damly in that one. And if you had time and nothing but money, you could put a 55-horse motor on the back of it. The big Ooh. resorter. I mean, you might even be pulling young people on yeah. water skis or oh, boards, sure. or something like that. Um, the pike boat, 16 feet. That would also take a 50. The Pike Boat D. I'm not quite sure what D stands for, but uh, that would handle a 60 horse. And then there's the Pike Boat DWOS. I'm sure that acronym means something to someone out there somewhere. I don't for the life of me know what that means. But there again, a 60 horse motor on the back of that son of a gun. A 45. I'm sorry. I take that back. 45. But it would hold 1,400 pounds. Hey. worth of worth of uh, fisher people and their gear. 18 foot pike 70 horse motor. My God. Wow. That was something I dreamed of as a kid. Fud. I figured we'd never get a speedboat. My dad was Mr. Fishing Boat Mr. Yeah. Bucket Hat full of lures Mr. Pike between his teeth and a thermos of coffee. What do you need if a speedboat for that's that's for those city slicker types. Come on, are you kidding <laughs> me? So I thought, maybe, maybe we can get the 18 foot and we'll put a 75 horse in the back. This will be something else, man. We'll just fly right past them. Of course, the 18 foot Pike Boat Deluxe, the Pike Boat Deluxe, it'll take a 75 for Pete's sake, and it almost hold 2,000 pounds. 2,000 pounds. Vacationers and gear and crockpots full of chili and yep. hot coffee yep. and thermos <laughs> pots. 98 degrees out And then they got into the, the stuff we both Dreamed of as young men Yes Beginning The, the, the VFR-15 All the way up to The Tyee Cuddy And these are These are fiberglass Tyee How's that spelled? T-Y-E-E C-U-D-D-Y Cuddy Cuddy hmm. Cuddy is my buddy Absolutely <laughs> The Tyee Cuddy Is 20 feet 21 feet long I'm sorry At a bow depth Of 50 inches and you could put you know, it doesn't even say there's a there's a slash. The the Tai offshore would take a 150 horse. Wow. And you're going up the line here, the Tai offshore IO, and then the Tai Yee Cutty, there's just a slash. Hmm. Now if I'm not mistaken, I think the Tai Cutty, that big twenty-one footer, was an inboard. Oh. An inboard. Probably oh. with a, a Mercruiser or something. Oh. You know, under that back hood. And, uh, boy, that was the stuff that dreams were made. Of. Oh, right. It even had a, you in, in the bow, there was a, a forecastle where you could get underneath it and stay out of the weather if you were relatively small. I don't think anybody over, like, five feet in height was going to get under there, <laughs> but kids could be kind of stowed up front if the weather got funky. And it may have even had a topper, like a, a huh. you know, a canvas topper, a weather-treated yeah. canvas topper. And, uh... That son of a gun was going to hold 2,400 pounds worth of stuff. And oh my 21 gosh. feet long. Lord knows how fast it's going to go. But that, to me, was just like, wow. Wow. As you say, the stuff dreams are made of. Absolutely. Absolutely. 21 feet long, you could take a nap in that thing while other people were doing what they were doing. Right. I won't lie, FUD, at that age, in 1976, watching the neighbors with their hotshot boats... Well, we had a fiberglass 18 footer with an 18 horse Evan root in the back. I thought, Man, I want a speedboat. And, it, and the, the make I liked back in the day, 1976, it was called Glastron, the Glastron, Glastron. speedboat. And they were famous. It's a V hull. I think Glastron only made V hulls. They were usually inboard. Mm-hmm. And it was usually kind of a buffed, cream colored boat with this sort of interesting kind of flareback pattern on it that would come in different colors but I could spot them. I was like, for some reason, that, at that age, I could tell what kind of shoes kids were wearing That's good. Ooh, he's, he's wearing Adidas, and he got a pair of Tigers. Where did your dad get money for Nikes? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that kind of thing, right? And boats. I could nail down boats and then boat engines. Like, wow. Oh, man, look at that. It's like a 200-horse Rude. Oh, my gosh.
1: Wow. You know, did you ever... I, I I'm sure I asked you this in the past shows, but did you go to a sportsman's show with your dad and look at boats and motors? And
0: we never did, and I I know we never we you know the 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 cabin show, yeah, you know like the lake home show, whatever sportsman show we went to a couple of those, and he'd be looking at things and just kind of stroking his chin and shaking his head, which generally meant boy that's really cool, but it'll never happen. Yeah, and I. Uh, the reason we never went, because I was always tugging on his sleeve, going, oh, but look at this one. I mean, <laughs> yeah. And then I'd get frustrated that he'd say, well, we can't do that. Well, what about something like this? You know, and it just, he got frustrated with me. I got frustrated with him. And mm-hmm. I think the, the result was, well, we're just, I hope you enjoyed it, because we're never going back to one of these again, Go that's on. for sure. Because <laughs> I saw all these things I wanted, you know. The yeah. irony is my kids have been the same way. I, various things. My My lovely bride is... Has d- d- described her daughter several times as the world's most foremost conspicuous consumer. You could go into any <laughs> store whatsoever; she'll find something she not only wants but she needs. Oh like, yes, uh, you know, honey. We're in a hardware store. These are bags of cement. Yeah, I know, but that. Oh, look at that! I, I could really use that. I'm going to make some. No, <laughs> uh, that's how I was at boat shows. So yeah, we may have may have attended one, and I may have. I'm licked the way. hull of a Taii Cuddy and said, "So, up, oh, it's mine now. I, I <laughs> licked it. Sorry, we gotta buy it. You know, wipe that off. We're leaving." <laughs> uh, yeah. So Lund, everywhere from the the twelve footer in the canoe range all the way up to the twenty-one foot polyglass inboard. Wowzers! Taii Cuddy, and even then I would have said, "Well, that's all cool, but what about a glass <laughs> and then I saw a Sea Ray almost swamp us, and I'm like, "That no is insane! That thing's twenty-some feet long, twin engines. Oh my God, inboard! Oh, goes faster than our car, Dad. Driving a Ford
1: Pinto, that thing could beat us. <laughs> zero to sixty on the straightaway. Do you remember the year that your dad finally did get that boat with the? 80 mm. horsepower didn't you have one? Yeah well, we had a 50. Oh 50 it was a Johnson 50 horse
0: Johnson, which ironically enough was probably from about the era 1976 because I was just looking at my other favorite you know dream sequence of the of the era was was an outboard. I yeah. knew my dad would never be into an uh, inboard motor. Oh my gosh. and his argument was legit. How do you fix the things i want to be able to fix it myself oh, yeah. how do you fix these things right um i can take the housing off an outboard and you know i was a navy mechanic in world war ii and in the korean war i can i can kind of put things together here but boy an inboard it's like working on a car yeah um how to get at it he wasn't going to do that so it was going to be an outboard but i was like but i'm seeing outboards go by that are like 150 horses right you know 200 horses i'm like what why can't we you know well you've got an 18 foot Fishing boat for one thing, it's gonna, <laughs> it's yeah. the the bow will never touch the water again, it right? Be sticking straight up out of, the, um, but I, yeah, just thinking, hey man, so that that led me to to thinking about that old Johnson fifty horse, and and it was about seventy six, where they, somewhere in the seventies, they decided to move away from those sort of vintage teardrop kind of rounded housings on the outboards that you and I both. Pying yeah. away for you know the old green 50s, Johnsons yeah. with the kind of funky, almost looks like car lettering. You know, like it should be uh, the work. You know, the the name of the car on the front right. quarter panel or something. That that was on the the housing for the engine, or it was painted on and yeah. kind of sparkly gold or silver. Seventy six motors, they were they were rectangular. You know, very right kind of kind of to that effect. So yeah, we probably had like a seventy four or seventy six Johnson fifty. And I, to, question answered, okay, when did when did we get that? Probably about 77, 78. I mean, I went from chewing my nails and staying up late nights, worrying about not having a speedboat, to suddenly we had one. But even with that, I was like, yeah, this is great. Can we get a bigger motor? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a 50 horse, Dad, it's, we're, we're almost there. I mean, how about a 70, even a 60? Come on.
1: You don't remember the first time you were out in the with the 50 horsepower motor in, in the boat, and
0: oh, I, I kind of do because that compared to an eight horse, 18 horse, yeah, in an open, you know, fiberglass fishing boat. I mean, we had seats. My dad was grabbing a steering wheel. They mm-hmm. even had a horn for Pete's sake. Oh. You know, we got the little tail light in the back that's on a, a short little mast. Right. And, yeah. And green and red lights up front for port and starboard. And, yeah, it was pretty. It was a great day. I mean, the fact that he could take off, and if I stood up out of my seat, your hair was flying back. Yeah. <laughs> if it was just he and I in the boat, I mean, that thing really took off. If we got five or six people in it, yeah, maybe 25, 30 miles an hour. But it was a great day. It was oh, a great day. And excellent. Probably, probably three weeks after the purchase of that boat, we bought a first pair of water skis, too. Legitimate oh, water okay. skis and tow ropes and the whole bit. And wow. But even so, you know, those old... Outboard motors, it was still the kind of deal where if you pulled up at, at all those various dockside, you know, marine gas kind of gas stations, yeah. where you'd kind of wait your turn, idling, you know, 20 feet out, and then the spot would open up, and the guy with the oil rag hanging out of his back pocket and the baseball hat would wave you in, tie it off, and kill the engine. You'd fill up that gas tank, and you'd still have to mix in half a can of motor oil. Right. You know? Right what's the ratio and i just sit there kind of looking at my dad going what is he talking about and they'd open up these cans of marine oil and pour yeah. it right in with the gas mix it in with the tank so that that was a thing too and I, I that was all cool i was just like there's it's a there's gas pumps on a dock yeah never mind the quite probable environmental hazards this represents <laughs> yeah.
1: this is cool you know and, yeah, we're still mixing oil into our nine and a half horsepower. Um, is it a Mariner? Or? Yeah, the Mariner. That's okay, it. It's yeah. a 91, and we bought it just a few years ago. Our neighbor had bought a boat with a motor but didn't need the motor. So right. offered my dad a deal on the 91, which was, and that that replaced that 1955 or 58. The old green, gray green gray Johnson. Johnson. Which actually yeah. was part of the deal. He gave it to, this is our neighbor up there, Rick. Yep. And uh, Rick has a friend that collects the old-timers, so part of it. I was kind of sorry to hear that, but at the same time, you know, we got so much junk in our little right. shed up there. It's like, oh, that's fine, and somebody's going to take care of it, and, but... Uh, going to a good home. Yes. Going to get rebuilt. Going to a good home. But yeah, we, we still mix the oil, and I still had to call my dad once. And I, What's the ratio on that? Uh, 51. Well, what the heck does that mean? Okay, the gas tank is five gallons... And, uh, so how many capfuls, you know, so, but he had it all marked out, you know, well, you go into the shed and you get to, there's a little <laughs> bottle and there's a, there's a marker on it. Can you find that? So there's a way, right? you know, that we figured it out. And so, yeah, still, still doing that. Oil to gas ratios for dummies.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right where I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one other thing that came to mind, Fud, 1976. Um, a lot of time spent in tackle shops, all right. You know, angling shops, where Dad was buying his two dozen fatheads or, or yeah. you know, container of leeches or whatever. I'd always be staring at all the shiny, spinny things with hooks sticking out of them, going, "If I feign interest in fishing, will you buy me <laughs> something today?" And then I'll yeah. use it. Really, I swear. The irony here is the Rebel Lure Company had come out with. Oh, a yeah. top floater right. uh, lure that they called the Rebel Pop-R. I'm assuming that means popper. P60. Yeah. And uh, you know, 1976 and they pulled it from the line in 1978. So it had a two year run. Wow. And I backstory on that uh, the popper, some of the professionals really liked it. Um, in fact, I was reading a piece on it, and, and there was this one tackle shop in Texas that just kept buying them. Every time an, an order of these, you know, they'd say, we're releasing another batch of these uh-huh. you know, popper P-60s, and they'd buy them all up because Texas, you know, big bass tournament right. country. And uh, ideally, Don, we're not going to get sued here by estates of any of these great names in pro-bass fishing, but uh, the names that said they loved this rebel popper, Included guys with names like, but not limited to Rick Clun. and there's a name I don't really know, but I'm not a big bass fishing aficionado. But Bobby Murray and his brother Billy, uh, Zell Roland and Tommy Martin. Now I know the name Tommy Martin. That's a name I've heard before. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm getting him confused with like Roland Martin, but I think I think I've heard the name Tommy. Yeah, it's a lot of those bass fishing shows on Saturdays up at the cabin. Sure. Nothing to do, and it's 1 o'clock, and, well, what? Okay, i just turn on the TV and have a can of pop, and it's a fishing show.
1: Like, oh-ho! Oh. Well, now with the, the, the glory that is YouTube, and you can do what I did this late winter, early spring, uh, during my cabin fever period, which means, you know, dying to get out and get up to the cabin. Right. I uh, would go online and watch old videos of the Bassmaster Classics, you know, and they they go back as far, I think they started actually in 70s, no, 75 maybe, but those uh, mid 70s, mid to late 70s, and I think Tommy Martin was a a winner of one of those years, but um, of course we'd have to go back and, um, hey, well anybody that wants to uh, email us at cabincountrypod (laughs) at at gmail.com can uh, get back to us with who Tommy Martin is? Right, right, right. Bass, bass, fisherman uh, uh, extraordinaire. But, but these uh, list of fellas, they had something to say. Well, they did. They,
0: you know, they all talked about how they loved the the rebel popper, and that the sale. They were amazed that the sales were so low. It got yanked after two years. Yeah. And um, there's a great line here out of this, uh, where two-time Bassmaster Classic winner Bobby Murray said the following. Some bean counter decided to drop it from the line because <laughs> the average yachts out there couldn't figure out how to fish it, you know. So they got rid of it and um, all these different guys they, they bought them up. You know, they find them or they'd find them on eBay or this kind of stuff and they'd, they'd buy them and, and uh, they actually brought it back. They made, they made another run oh. with that but uh, the popper, they wanted it back and uh, another one of these fishing character's uh, the name kind of eludes me here but his comment was I knew it would be back and it is (laughs) so you can (laughs)
1: well
0: maybe not a bad time FUD for a commercial yeah and uh, when we come back just a a couple of brief words about one other lure that apparently made its dare I say splash in 1976 uh, amidst many a blush and then Oh, yes. One, one quick view from our friends at the Sears Wish Book from 1976. So uh-huh. Refill your coffee mug and we'll be, we'll be right back momentarily.
1: Tonight, a new feature on the Cabin Country podcast, real stories of the Cabin Country Outdoors agents. Tonight, episode one, Jack the Ripper.
0: It was Friday night in Cabin Country. I'd been out for the better part of the day trying to settle a dispute over the shooting of the local woodchuck population. They were back. They were digging under foundations again. Cabin owners' dogs were going nuts. Small kids were talking about how cute they were. This one was a head-scratcher with no easy out. It was the evening right after the golden hour. I could take off the agent's hat and go back to being myself. I was at the sportsman's cafe enjoying my 23rd cup of coffee at the end of a long day when my cell buzzed. I looked toward my phone with a mixture of exhaustion and duty. At this time of day I had a strong suspicion of what I'd see. I was right. A 266. Live box destruction. The cabin owner suspected a large snapping turtle. Given the original construction of his live box, this would have to be a giant snapping turtle. A bead of sweat formed on my brow this had to be Jack. Now for those new to the story, Jack the Ripper, as he was locally called, was no ordinary snapper. This turtle was simply the largest reptile the Gull Lake-Gull River area had seen in decades. Complaints about Jack were nothing new. He was a repeat offender whose career spanned decades. Various lake place owners around the area had complained about the brute. These complaints had come in over the course of years. Anglers complained about Jack, but Maybe "complained" was too mild a word. They feared this armored giant. There wasn't a live box Jack couldn't shred. It didn't matter if the live box was bolted to the deep water section of a dock or inshoreward near the shallows. Pressure treated lumber, composite board, hard plastic, even aluminum. Jack destroyed live boxes as if they were made of children's Lincoln logs. Jack was efficient. Any cabin guest or owner who puts the day's catch on a stringer to be cleaned later would return to the dock to find skeletons. Floating fins and a clear lake bed beneath where the carnage had occurred. Local waterfront owners were well aware that the well-constructed live box was no better against the ripper. An angler would basically need a diver's shark cage to keep this snapper away from their catch. What puzzled everyone around the Chain of Lakes area was the sheer longevity of this cold-blooded killer. Tales of Jack were well established in anglers' childhoods. Mothers, fathers great uncles were talking about the behemoth turtle that could destroy any live well ever built. You'd better just clean those fish now. When you come back later to get them, you'll be finding a grizzly scene, I assure you. I put a new piece of gum in my mouth, paid for my coffee, and donned the hat. The agency pickup fired with a roar, and I headed out towards the highway that would take me to the fire road that flanked the Gulf. I'll admit my mind started running through the scenarios that locals would have to face when it came to the Ripper. Putting in the dock in the spring could be an eerie event. Cold, clear, largely weed-free water synced up with the time of year when reptiles and amphibians came out of their winter slumbers. When you donned the waders and grabbed a ratchet wrench, Jack was out there. Many a dock owner along the Gulf was known to take a break with a high-speed slog as a perceived shadow passed near them while tightening dock bolts in the water. Dockside swimming required vigilance. Sunbathers floating on air mattresses were taking a distinct risk. Working on your outboard motor in the water can be dangerous to say nothing of the kids floating in their inner tubes. Over the years, Jack had created several situations involving each of these scenarios. But his real target was the day's or evening's catch, as it awaited cleaning, swimming in a live box. I tipped my hat forward into business mode as I turned onto Edie Road, a maintained dirt road with driveways marked by fire numbers and homemade signs. The truck slid for a moment as I hit the gas along the road cut. This was sandy country amidst the oaks and maples. The rain created piles of loose sand that made driving somewhat tricky, not to mention pulling a trailered boat. The sand did make deer trekking easier, but that was another story for a calmer evening.
1: Join us for the next exciting episode of Real Adventures of the Cabin Country Outdoors Agency, right here on Cabin Country. This is a work of fiction. Names, characters, places, and incidents are either products of the author's imagination or are used fictitiously. Any resemblance to actual events or locales or persons, living or dead, is entirely coincidental.
0: Hey, we're back in business here, and uh, thanks for staying with us. I, you know, we were talking lures a little bit here, and then one one piece came up. I was again kind of just dogging the internet for lures from 1976, and one came up with kind of a for the naughty fisherman out there, <laughs> naughty the, the Playboy of the John boats. Um, Is there it's called the farm the farmer's daughter? Farmer's daughter. And it's a spoon. It's a spoon with a treble hook in it. And uh, on that spoon is a young lady with her back turned to you, looking over her shoulder playfully, holding a beach ball. And she's wearing a bikini, Fudd. She's wearing a bikini. Oh, yes, I see young I see Young, young a bathing. T- Two dollars for this farmer's daughter, and the craziness that will, without a doubt, entice a musk lunge. young, young, <laughs> or perhaps. <laughs> The dreaded eel pout, uh, mouth watering. <laughs> uh, as when that lure hits the water, uh, the the bikini disappears. Whoa, my goodness! So the, you're you're fishing blue. <laughs> you're, you're you're working live and you're working lewd here as your spoon is flashing the fish uh, throughout the rivers or lakes of streams of your choice. And yeah, the farmer's daughter, three hooks, sharp treble hook affair, and uh, a nude beachcomber, you know? I, w- I was used to a red and white daredevil.
1: Yeah. Uh, but this is, uh, I guess, if, if, if you're not catching anything and, you know, you reel it in and you can look at this little daredevil-shaped spoon. And I guess so.
0: The bathing beauty. See a nude farmer's her, daughter her, holding her ber- a beach ball. Birthday suit with a beach ball. It's so. like, so,
1: yeah I can get a musk. Muskie or a northern pike, but... Look at what I got. Best $2 hmm.
0: I ever spent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the, And I love it. And I yeah, we'll be
0: back to pick you up later. The Poppers P60, back in circulation. The Farmer's Daughter. I'm sure if you're in the right tackle shop oh. or the right antique store. You know, store. I wonder
1: if Steve O'Hearn has heard about this.
0: I'll bet he's got a couple of those. And, and how much...
1: somewhere. I'm Just, I'm just curious. I uh, wish I could call uh, him right it'd
0: now. Be interesting to know what's the farmer's daughter going for these days.
1: That's <laughs> just something we want to know. Uh, what do, what do you sick? guess? It's like three to five bucks, <laughs> yeah, either that or two thousand,
0: 250 if you've got the box. In <laughs> right. Well, he's accurate. I mean, that's half the thing. I was that was another thing. I was Etsy today, right, or yeah. eBay, and looking at all these Father's Day gifts. Here's an original 1976 you know glow craw and it's a rubberized crawfish you know from 1976 and the company's name the whole but it's in the original packaging oh the cellophane top is still secure still good and all the paperwork is inside it so it's 45.99 whoa if you want to buy that for dad and i'm like wow (laughs) 35.99 and 2020 Mm. prices you can go to all kinds of places and come out with about Twelve lures, you know. Oh yes, that are probably. I'm going to guess the the plastic or the rubbers in much better shape, So interesting. On that voyage, uh, trying to avert my eyes from the farmer's daughter, hoping my wife wouldn't walk around the corner and say, "What is this you're oh looking at?" Oh my God! Um, there was an ad there too. Low line boats, Larson boats, Lund boats, but an ad for the Seamade. The, the Seamade. Seamade. Seamade for 62, 24 models in aluminum and fiberglass, styled to today's boating needs. Smart-looking, ruggedly built, Seamade offers you for 1962 a complete line of fiberglass and aluminum cruisers, fully equipped, deluxe runabouts, and fishing utility boats right today. So who made the Seamade, you might ask? That's Seamade Manufacturing Company, and, and FUD, where, where are they located? Kendallville? Kendallville 9. Indiana. Indiana. Well, so the
1: Seamade was fr- from the Hoosier States. Wow. Crossroads of America. I really like the uh the, the um,
0: font here. What would you oh, call yeah. it? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the, the advertising font, Seamade, little star over the eye.
1: If Not I bad. if I hadn't gotten the tracker, you know, I was starting to dream big about all the modifications oh, or yeah. or the, the cleaning up and repainting of my dad's Seamade. And uh, boy, I'd, I'd love to uh, copy this somehow. And... Well, you know, I mean, in
0: this gen- and then you've got you've got a guy at the tiller. Oh yeah. Back in the back in the stern, and what appears to be three young women on various seats in the sea maid, enjoying just an afternoon's runabout kind of time. There are no fishing rods in hands here, but they're enjoying themselves. And quiet lake, and sun is shining, and why not? I, I couldn't help but think, Fudd, if you got the opportunity to kind of rebuild the Seamade, putting a co- putting a cockpit in it, you know, oh yeah, a, a steering because it had what looked to be at least, you know, the, the setup yeah, electronics, for electronics,
1: electronics and lighting, wiring and, for yeah, yeah, it yeah. Had, yeah. There's still a box on the back or yeah. the stern, excuse me, yeah, um, kind of on a, one of the sides, it has several toggle switches absolutely and the wiring for yeah those front and well okay stern and bow, bow lights yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yep. and but but also other things i imagine i mean like there's six or so switches on there right and it wouldn't take a great
0: deal of woodworking and engineering to, to put a right put a put a cockpit in there my did, my
1: dad did purchase a new like a padded uh, seat, you know, with a backrest to yeah. uh, put on the front. In fact, he wants to protect that. So even though, you know, perhaps if if you've seen any of our photos on our Facebook page or on the on the YouTube videos we've put on, that, the, you know, the Seamate is looking a little rough, even with the, the repainting job my dad did several years ago with, of course, the, the kind of the forest green spray paint right. color variety. And um. But, yeah, he's taken the trouble to take a piece of uh, plastic uh, tarp and, and cover that seat. Well, I guess that makes sense. You know, it's a brand-new seat. It sits there in the sun all day. Sure. And you want to kind of protect that, um, even though the rest of the boat is looking a little, little hard. Hey, but, man, that thing's held up. I think this particular one was from 1960. You can't sink it. No. I mean, it's... you can
0: try. We've, Lord knows nature's flooded that thing oh, yeah. a thousand times over, and it just keeps coming back. So, yes, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I've,
1: I've, we've bailed that thing out many, many times when the water was literally up past the seats. It was just the oh, back, yeah. the rear seats. So yeah, and that's heavy. <laughs> oh man, let's tip it over. No, 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 no. Oh yeah, it's like sitting on the bottom, soaked. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, it's for real. It's the rain gauge, as we call it, the uh, Gulf River. Gold rain River rain gauge. rain gauge. Amen.
0: Well, I, uh, I am a sucker for the old Sears catalogs, bud. I oh, am, and in, in a simpler gentler time when anything could be gotten from oh, yeah. one company based out of Chicago, Illinois. And ironically enough, the 1976 Sears wish book. You know, they've got everything for anybody in the United States or worldwide if you would like it shipped. And um, what did they have for the angler? Well, what did they have for the angler? half of a page? <laughs> Half of one page. I mean, there were pages Aww. and pages of family archery set, the youth archery set, compound archery set for the deer hunter, guns, pages of guns from BB guns and pop guns all the way up to deer rifles, the whole bit. But for us, the the angler, wayward angler, there were just three offerings. Huh. And uh, well, what, what what could I get? Let's see. What could you get? It was the Saint Croix fishing machine, FUD. Saint Croix fishing machine. It's a spin casting rod and reel combination with a built-in range finder. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Built-in range finder helps you cast the same spot consistently, so you can set kind of a drag on how much line you're going to let out. Because hey, I got a strike at 20 feet. I'm going to do that every time. Right over to that, right over to that structure by the the shore, and you know, it says the spin casting reel has push button release and star drag. A built-in patented rangefinder lets you return the line to the same spot consistently, and includes 10-pound test monofilament filament line on the uh, on the spool. And then the rod itself is 60 inches long. It telescopes, so it can and, uh, you can You can you can fold it down to 15 inches, yeah. And it's it's fiberglass. There's four wire guides on the thing, and and that Saint Croix fishing machine will run you about 24.95 foot. 1976, 24. Ninety-five. Hmm. Now, that was a fair price in the 70s. That's, that's, yeah. your, that's an investment. But uh, interesting looking setup. Um, closed reel. So to me, I look at it and I'm just seeing lots of switches and gauges and then a closed spool. And I'm like, boy, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong
1: there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. How many different gadgets can my line knot up and snag on? inside this thing, but uh, that's the St. Croix fishing machine, and then there's the sweetheart fishing outfit for two. Oh, yes. Every day's Valentine's Day in the (laughs) Seamaze. With the fishing outfit for two at $14.99, you're going to get two reels, a Mercury and a Dolphin spin casting reel. They're both, of course, with the closed face, so you, again, are going to have an interesting time figuring out where the snags are inside your spool, but push-button control, the star drag again, that classic star drag, and it's designed to prevent tangles at the reel. Oh, well. Maybe that's how they get away with closing the face. I'm not sure. Don't worry, it's not going to do that. So, hmm. So there, $15 later, it's not going to be a problem. The rods, they're both four-foot, one-piece fiberglass casting rods, and they've got plastic handles. That, uh... Four feet, that's not, pretty... not... not real big, no, but but in your sweetheart fishing outfit for two, you not only get those two rods, the mercury and the dolphin, but then there's some lures that come with it, FUD. You get Ooh. a red and white spoon.
1: Doesn't it include the farmer's daughter?
0: I don't see the farmer's daughter anyway. That, that might create some tension with the, <laughs> your date, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Something called a plugette. I don't know what a plugette is, hmm. but... Uh, Maybe we can look that up later. There's a nickel spoon, a channel cat, the Sears lure they refer to as the Duke. <laughs> and then, of course, two vinyl worms. So.
1: Vinyl worms. Vinyl worms. Not even rubber. Vinyl worms. Vinyl, you bet. The sweet smell of. I think I had a vinyl leech once. Sure. And it was right about that same period. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of the first lures I got for my box. Just something that looked cool, and we fished walleyes on Osakis you bet. T- during those mid-70s time, and, uh, yeah, I don't think I ever caught a fish on it, but there it
0: was. It was vinyl. It lasted forever because it was vinyl and may have caused some allergic reactions. <laughs> yeah. You're also going to get about 24 BB shots, split shots, some number eight shots, some six cork, six cork hook guards to keep those hooks sharp. Protected, six snap swivels, two nylon leaders. A nylon leader? Huh, maybe it's a nylon-coated leader, you suppose? Well, I'm not sure. Twelve right? clincher sinkers, 200 hooks, FUD. Whoa. Six snelled hooks, a minnow scoop, a stringer, a scaler, and two plastic floats, which I believe we refer to as bobbers here in the Midwest, but maybe not. And then the, you get a tackle box made of high-impact plastic... And uh, a fishing book included. He teaches you how to fish wow. all for fourteen ninety-nine. And then, of course, the big daddy of them all—the big daddy. You want to take this one, Fudd? Because this is
1: this is heavy. Are you talking about the Popeil Pocket Fisherman? I am
0: talking about as seen on TV—the Popeil <laughs> Pocket Fisherman.
1: Well, let's see now. The Popeil—that's P-O-P-E-I-L. Ron Popeil. Pocket Fisherman, complete all in one spin casting outfit. So the real, now, we were talking earlier about how this thing, the picture of it looks like it's either a an electric bread carving knife or a, you know, an extended grill lighter. Yeah, extended grill lighter or, or a vacuum, sort of a handle, yeah, hand, hand vac. Hand vac. It's very st- strange. Um, but it's a spin casting type reel with star drag reel let's see uh pre-wound with 10 pound test monofilament just like our saint croix fishing machine there we go um plastic construction and uh, the rod is also if you can call it a rod, the thing looks like it's <laughs> you know i don't know a foot or so long but uh Well, wait a minute, if I were to keep reading here and not surmise, it extends to 15 and a half inches in use. And it folds to only nine and a quarter inches. Folds down to nine and a quarter. Bobber and hook fit into storage compartment in handle and one wire guide, wow. Well, there you go, the shipping weight just for, you know, for grins is one pound and two ounces. Well, and
0: then then Ron Popeil's favorite line TV guys would say this—the biggest fishing invention since the hook—and still only 1995. <laughs> there can't be I'm much still- line in that thing, Fudd. I mean, there's no reel. I mean, there is a reel, obviously, inside the handle. But I mean, I'm not. Yeah. It looks like it looks like it's got a press button release, and then you know, I, I can't help but thinking, like six feet of line would go out and just kind of stop dead. I don't know. I mean that. That is the most bizarre thing. It is. I wonder if you can still find something like that. On... Oh, they've got to be out there somewhere. Somebody's, you know, there's a, there's a whole range and of crazy. And how much are they worth now? Vegematics, and glass and bottle cutter, maybe a copy of KTEL Star Trek in 76. <laughs> yeah. Dehydrators. Wow. Peel Pocket Fisherman. My goodness. Wow. Never wanted one. And my dad would have never bought one. He would have looked at that and said, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. People may scoff at your Zebco 202, son, but <laughs> it's nothing. It, uh, Popeye Pocket Fisherman. Wow, Th- that is. I think you'd look you'd look a true fool showing up in, you know, Ear Falls, Ontario, on a on a flying.
1: That would be kind of funny. Where, to...
0: Where's Where's your rod case? I don't need one. I've got the Popeye Pocket Fisherman. I'd like and to still uh, only 1995. To, uh,
1: next time we get our chance to maybe. Take part of the Donovan Bassmaster Classic to right. uh, pull that out and <laughs> I got fellas. you all beat, boys. I don't know if you're going to be able to top pocket, pocket fishing with this. Right here. Huh. Well, boy, what great finds. 76, the
0: year of red, white, and blue t shirts, red, yes. white, and blue Laffy Taffy, and the quarters with the yes. revolutionary pipe yeah, and the fife cool. and drum corps. And wow. It was just something else, and it's going to get better. Never mind the gas lines. Never mind the you know craziness of the post-Vietnam era and the whole bit. We've got happy days. We've got Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, that's right. Hollywood blockbusters. Maybe there's more to talk about there later. Candy. All I cared about was candy. Didn't matter. Candy and soda. What do you got for me? You know.
1: So many more gems from 1976. I'm glad you took the time, Bjorn, to oh yes, dig out those those labor of love. Without a doubt sounds like a perfect place to bring this episode to an end and bring it to a close but we do have a few things to look forward to this is true bjorn and i just recently paid a visit to none other than stan tequila stan tequila who's a well-known naturalist instructor and wildlife photographer he's got like 200 field guide books out there absolutely everything from plants and reptiles trees birds mushrooming yes and mushrooming and uh bjorn and i picked up our recorder and mics and headed out to Eden Prairie where he has a nature center there that he's been running for the last 30 years and had two hours of just fascinating conversation with Stan Tequila. It was a great, great. conversationalist.
0: Very, very interesting. Sort of Minnesota's premier outdoorsman. S- Stan is also an
1: avid nature recordist as well. Right, right. I mean, he's got a two CD set of Common Minnesota birds. Yes, and he's also recorded just various sounds and put them together on a couple of CDs. One of which we played in the background. So we'd like to thank Stan for providing that
0: relaxing outdoors sound you hear behind Fud Yeah, eyes, all the different Courtesy sounds. Stan Tequila and his his outstanding parabolic mirror. You know, uh, parabolic mirror. Yes, parabolic microphone <laughs> recordings <laughs> of yes. uh, the great outdoor sounds of Minnesota. So he's, he's been a part of the show. Yes. And we thank him for his uh, recordings and the uh, permission to use them. So, where where
1: where do we find those FUD? What What's, what's well, the backstory on the recordings? You can find Stan Tequila on the World Wide Web. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody even say that anymore? World Wide Web? <laughs> I think we do. FUD. WW. Yeah. Remember when everybody used to say that? WWW. <laughs> well, you can find Stan uh, at naturesmart.com with the three W's, of course. So
0: Stan's clearinghouse for all
1: things. Stan Tequila. And you can find, uh, you know, he sells his books there, and I'd also recommend visiting his nature center. Oh, without a doubt. I think it's opening up again here in the late midsummer, and, uh, yeah, it's just great stuff. Recordings, photographs,
0: access to the books, uh, all kinds of great things, so Stan's got it all for you right there. But he'll be joining us next couple shows. And it'll yes, be indeed. wonderful, wonderful
1: listening. If you're a fan of Stantakila, you're going to love it. But I'd also like to say thank you to Stephen from Houston, Texas, who wrote a review on iTunes Absolutely. about Cabin Country, and uh, we mailed him his Cabin Country coffee mug. That's right. His coffee will be hot and in a Cabin Country mug, thanks to his outstanding review of the show.
0: So That's right. So we're very grateful for that. And... Uh,
1: what else did we want to cover before well, we...
0: Predominantly just a reminder that it's uh, Cabin Country Pod. Oh, that's right. At gmail.com. You want to put in your two cents worth of the review of the show, and we would love to set you up with a coffee mug, as we still have plenty of them. So, we do. But with that said, Fudd, I think maybe we'll just kind of refill our coffee mugs and listen for the, the slam of the screen door. Sounds good. As we good. bring a close to another edition of Cabin Country. We'll see you next time.